What is up, ambitious listeners? My name is Dylan Price. Welcome to the show. Today's guest joins me to talk about the changing gravity of basically how to not only become a star, but also the personal relationship with TikTokers, TikTok as a whole, Twitch, and how he's growing his Twitch streams through TikTok, how professional gaming has developed. It's just a conversation that is very important to the times if you're not educated on professional gaming twitch tiktok really this is a good conversation for you to listen to i feel like nathan really highlighted everything you need to see and for those of you that don't know who nathan dimaggio is he's better known as vision wise with over 1.9 million i think probably at two by the time i'm recording this million followers on tiktok that means millions and millions of people watch his videos every time he posts them, and they're 15 to 60 seconds, most are 60 seconds, from series to gaming clips to now amassing 50,000 plus followers on TikTok. He has grown his brand to the highest level in just eight months. At 21, Nathan has done incredible things, and this was an incredible conversation, and I hope you enjoy. And it is coming after a quick word from our presenting sponsor, Anchor. Yo, what is up? Welcome to Ambitious. My name is Dylan Price. Today's guest is a big one. With over 1.9 million followers on TikTok, 74.8 million likes, he is Nathan DiMaggio. He has become TikTok famous through doing different series, different videos, and just overwhelmingly grown on TikTok. And just his rise to fame and all of that was so intriguing to me. So ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Nathan DiMaggio. Nathan, how's it going? That was cool, bro. I like that. Thank you. What's up, man? What's up? So thank you so much for coming on. It is a privilege to sit down and talk to you, and I'd love to hear how it all started. So really, how did it start? How did vision-wise become a thing on TikTok? To be honest, I have I have no idea, <laughs> if I'm, I'm being completely honest. It started out with... Uh, I remember I was landscaping, and the first time I like really heard about TikTok, I was, I was listening to a Gary Vee podcast. And he was just talking about, like, you need to get on TikTok now. Like, now is the time to get on TikTok, hop on, start creating content, start pushing out content. And uh, I remember I was just listening to that, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to start posting. You know, I'm just going to start posting stuff on TikTok and, and like, kind of learn on the app and, and try it out. And, uh, yeah, first I was just kind of posting, like, videos that I found funny. They're kind of, like humorous but like they're terrible humor like none of them were doing well it was just it just weren't good videos looking back but it's hilarious like looking back like the first one through like 80 or 90 videos were like that but like i was even back then i was taking it pretty serious like i was like trying to post three four times a day like consistently like just get in the habit of consistently posting content and uh eventually i started making the stories and i like i f- i fell in love with making the stories it's probably had like 90 90 to 100 videos made i started making the stories hmm. and uh they weren't series at the point they're just you know one-off videos like kind of like life lessons that i had been through that i had um either occurred or that i've seen other people go through or just like just some things about life that like i was kind of knowledgeable about and uh they started they started doing pretty well man and i just kind of kept making them and those developed into series 
and then the series just kind of that's just kind of where it, where it went. It just kind of now we're we're where I don't I don't I don't know how it got to this point, man. It's, it's really crazy. It's really really crazy looking back at it. Now my experience with looking at your account was scrolling through my for you page as you do and one video would come up of yours and i liked it and i was like oh this is pretty cool and then i just kind of didn't think anything of it scrolled by and then like not even a day later there's another video on my for you page and i'm like all right i keep seeing this guy i ought to follow him and then that was around the time i think you had started your streaming and dreaming series and right, i had right. just begun to seriously like that series as have so many people is that your first, what you'd consider your first viral video? Was that series or was it oh. earlier? Or what would you consider your first, you know, moment where you were like, holy crud, I'm getting famous on this app? Yeah, it definitely was not stream and it goes back way before streaming, way, way before streaming and dream is just kind of the most, the most recent. I mean, I've made countless series. I don't even know how many I've made. I've made over 20 I would say like full on series and then the one off videos I've made four or five hundred of those like I've made a lot but the first one was uh, it was probably around like like my, my 95th to 100th post it was about this kid who uh, he's going to like a Halloween party he was dressing up he was super stoked to like you know get get there and meet some new people and uh, like the party just completely rejected them uh, completely rejected him they like kind of made him of it made him a clown essentially and that video popped off it had like 3.5 million views that was like the first one where i was like all right that, that's really crazy but tiktok's weird because you can get 3.5 million views and it doesn't translate to being quote unquote famous you know what i mean like mm -hmm. i think i had i think i went from like um 5k followers to like 14k off that video which had three and a half million views and then that was, yeah that was the first one and then since then just like five six hundred stories hmm. or ep episodes that i've made that have kind of led to this point but streaming and dreaming wasn't it definitely wasn't the first viral one would you say that's become your biggest series or would you say there was a couple others that you know were on par with that one in terms of fan support yeah there's been a couple other ones streaming and dreaming has definitely been my longest series hmm. for sure um, but I would say a rising star uh, is definitely up there, which was about a kid who, uh, he wanted to become a pro gamer. So once again, kind of on that, on that vibe, a lot of the gaming series really take off. So a rising star was like that. Um, there was a basketball one, uh, one shot left. That was pretty up there. That was you. Oh, I was trying to think this morning when I, when after you'd responded to me and we were prepping to do this, I was thinking and I was like this, like, your account seemed familiar to me other than the gaming videos, which I had mm -hmm. saw Rising Star, actually, and then saw Streaming and Dreaming. That was what I was thinking of before. But I had remembered seeing a series with basketball, and I wanted to ask you, but I had forgot. And I remember watching those, and I think that was the first time you were on my For You page, and I really enjoyed that series when you had first started that. Right. Yeah, that one was fun, man. I liked that one. But there's been so, so many other ones. Like, there... I don't really make like a certain type of content. It's like really all across the board. Like A Boy Who Cried Wolf was also a pretty big series and I mean I don't I don't I don't even know how my series go. Like they take so I don't like plan them out. I just write each episode every single day when I wake up. Like I'll just write the script that morning and record it that day. And it makes it so spontaneous. And I think that's what like it kind of attracts people to them cuz like 
I literally don't even know what's going to happen next. Like, whatever's going to happen is when I wake up that next morning and write that next script. Like, it's just, it's not planned out. And, like, a lot of them just take, like, just weird turns that, like, nobody expects. And I think that's kind of what's helped me. It's not predictable. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, it is to an extent. Like, you know, it's definitely predictable, but it's not predictable. Like, sometimes you'll be thinking the sto- a series is just going one way and it'll just con- take a complete left turn and, like, somebody dies or somebody gets sick or, you know, like, just something wild happens. And I think that's kind of what's kept them... I gotten to this point. I, oh, hang on. Hang on. Somebody's calling me. I'm going to decline it. Um, I think that's what's gotten them to the, the, that point is just kind of the unpredictability of them. But that's something, too, with... It's almost like that's the best TV shows, like, if you think about it. The best shows you watch are, you know, following a pattern and then something drastic happens. Or, you know, they keep you gripped in. And of all the TikTok series and everything, I feel like you figured it out the best of some of any of the creators, honestly. Because you've come out with that rhythm, like you just said, where it may be spontaneous, but you have these twists and you have things that grip people. Like myself, I am not a big gaming fan but these series are rooming in and even the way you've tied it in which i've really thought was very cool is you've tied in especially your streaming and dreaming series to your twitch channel so there's been the overrun there how did you kind of handle doing that and how has the reception i guess been in terms of people following over from your tiktok to that platform um that's a good question. So going into that, going into the streaming dreaming before it even happened, I kind of had that idea of that's what I wanted to do. And uh, I had ordered all my streaming stuff. Like I was ready to get going. And I started making, I started making the streaming and dreaming. And like the first five, six episodes, were they were popping off. Like one had like five, six million views, but none of my streaming stuff had arrived yet. Because, you know, like the corona and the mail was taking everything was delayed like literally everything so like i was like really stressing out because i was that was a big like that was a big selling point in that series was i wanted to make it so after every episode you could go watch me stream on twitch and it would be like a kind of a fun interactive thing you don't even have to stay for long but you could just come in and you could see me streaming right after you watch that episode and that was the main point of that series and, like, after five days, like, nothing had come in the mail. So, like, I was really stressing out, and the series was really popping off. So I just went, I dropped, like, essentially, like, half my bank account on just everything that I needed. I bought, like, a really nice PC. I bought monitors. I just bought everything I need from Best Buy, like, on the spot. And uh, I set it up that day. And then ever since then, yeah, like, I have been plugging the Streaming and Dreaming to, uh, to the Twitch channel. And it's been really good, man. Like, it's... I think we have like 50k on Twitch. The the donations, the subs have been <laughs> beyond anything I could have ever like anticipated. And uh, so far, it's been really good, man. I, I'm I'm really happy, and it's kind of it's given me a nice start on Twitch for sure because Twitch is really hard to grow on. And if you don't transfer your audience over from another platform, it's nearly impossible to grow on Twitch. So. I mean, I'm de- I definitely owe that whole series of gratitude, uh, gratitude to, like, getting people over there and, and kind of getting discovered on Twitch based off that series. Now, you just touched on it when you were talking about Twitch, but you said it was beyond anything you could have expected. Is that kind of how you describe this whole run on TikTok of being beyond anything you could have expected? Or was this something you got on and you were like, all right, well, maybe I'll go viral, maybe I won't. This is kind of for fun. 
and it's just blown up. <laughs> it's all been, it, it has all been so unexpected. And I think um, nearly every TikToker would say that, man. I think the thing about TikTok is it, almost everybody who is quote unquote famous, and I don't even, I, I don't like, I don't like that. I've tried to be, I've, nothing's changed for me. Like, I've, I've made that a thing. Like, I don't see myself as any high. I don't see, nothing's changed in my mind. I'm, nothing at all. Like, I don't, I don't look at it like that, and I try my best to, I just, I don't like looking, it makes me feel uncomfortable when I look at it like that. But I think the thing about TikTok is everybody who is quote-unquote famous on TikTok is just a regular person. They're literally just a regular person who found a way to make content that somehow millions of people ended up loving so i came on the tiktok yeah with like you know like if you're making content your anticipation is always like hey like i hope we grow a following but 1.9 million in eight months was never no that was never <laughs> that was never a thought you know what i mean like it was just that's on it's 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 crazy it really is like just crazy even like thinking about that you know what i mean it doesn't feel real and i feel like most tiktokers if they're being honest, would say that because they are just normal people. For them, I would say like ninety-five percent of TikTokers are just normal people, man, who just found a way to somehow build this crazy community off TikTok. But they're just normal, bro. Literally normal. Like, like you, you can look at like, um, like you can look at like, okay, The Rock. Like you look at The Rock, you're like, all right, this dude ain't normal. You know what I mean? Like he's a beast. You know, he's in movies. He's jacked. He's doing a mil- Kevin Hart. Same thing. He's doing a million different things. You're like, this dude's not human. This dude barely is human. But TikTok, man, I think that's a, that's kind of the selling point. Is everybody is so human. Like, everybody is so normal. They're literally just normal people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Now, what is... And actually, before we go to that, and I really do think that that's something that has resonated with so many people on the platform and kind of why TikTok has grown. Because if you think back to a year ago, not many people knew Charlie D'Amelio's name. And now more Mm -hmm. people follow her than there are in some countries and (laughs) population. She has blown up. And that's kind of been the trend with so many TikTokers, including yourself, that, you know, you may be a normal person. And that's kind of why everything resonates, I think, with the fan base, because it's down to earth content. And you just look at people and watch their content. And it's just been something that has been huge. And props to you for figuring it out. And props, I guess, to really the whole TikTok, anybody who's gone viral and gotten so much traction out of this, because it's I mean, would you say it's changed your life, even though you say you're not, you know, famous, you say you're still a regular person, but would you say it's changed your life in terms of you evolving through all of this? Um, it's changed the way I think about things. It's changed. You do notice a switch in human behavior towards you, for sure. Like, you have to be, it would be a very naive move not that some people will change their interactions towards you. That'd be a very naive move. Um, it's best to assume that they will, and they do. People will slyly ask for things, and they'll slyly try to get things from you and, and, and get you to do things, and it's weird because, like, literally eight months ago, I had no audience, you know what I mean? And that would just that would never happen. So that's been a weird thing that I've had to adjust to is, like, almost being, like, just a little bit suspicious of when people say they want something. You always kind of have to, like, kind of look just a, just a – glimpse into you you just can't be naive because people do try to do those things where they kind of try to take advantage of you and i've had it happen of just people trying to do stuff like that but my day-to-day life 
hasn't changed at all, man. It, it hasn't changed one bit. Like it's it's essentially the same, but the way in which I think it has definitely changed, and it's definitely evolved. And uh, but yeah, day to day life, it hasn't changed. It's, it's basically the same. I'm doing the same things that I did eight months ago. Now, and I do think that's part of the downside, you know, I just touched on the big part of it resonating, but the downside too is that people are like, oh, he's a regular person who's famous now, well now he's going to remember the small people and he'll let me do things for him or he'll, you know, let me like borrow this for him, like kind of the opportunity people take to, you know, like you just said, slyly ask for things. And I think that is part of maybe the downside of, you know, gaining clout on TikTok or on any of these platforms that resonate with people, you know, individually rather than on the bigger platform, like you said, The Rock on like a movie platform. Like you wouldn't just text The Rock and DM him and say, hey, can I have a shout out or shout out on your Twitch stream? Whereas, you know, somebody who's a TikTok creator who, you knew, like, if somebody followed you seven months ago, they could be like, oh, well, I knew you from the beginning, so I relate right. to you. And I think that's part of the relatability on the downside of it, maybe. Right, 100%, 100%. I mean, there's definitely quite a few downsides as well. But the thing I always say, and I try to get across, is, like, don't... Like, if, if you're creating to gain clout, that's just never a good move. Because the clout is... It's not what you think it is like it's just, it's not that it's gonna like i think a lot of people want clout because they want to they think it's going to change the way in which they feel about themselves like they're insecure about themselves they want clout because they think it's going to make them valid it's going to make them seen it's going to make them feel like people like them and that's something that's missing from that's what they're missing like they feel like they don't have that so they feel like the clout is going to come and it's going to fix that and uh it's not it's it's just not and i think that's and if you do have that mindset, which I know a lot of people who do, it's always the void's always still going to be there until you fix that within yourself. Like no amount of clout would ever fix. It would only make it worse, to be honest, because now you're really secure about these certain things, and now you have a bunch of eyes on you, and it's not a good combination. So that's what I always try to tell people: is don't create for clout. Like just create content that you love making, and then if you do it well. And you and you have fun doing it, and people can see you have fun doing it, and, you, and you're getting better at it. And you're then followers will come inevitably from that fact. But when you just create content trying to gain followers because you want clout, it rarely works out. That's not a good way to do it. That's that's a terrible way to do it. That's a good piece of advice to anybody listening to, or listening to this who wants to try to build a platform like Nathan has for TikTok. And speaking of, I guess, building things up now, you've built this fame on TikTok and you're building your, um, your reputation, I guess, on Twitch. Is that the route you would want to go on for a career, like being an influencer, being a, ga- a professional gamer? Is that the route you'd like to go towards? Or, you know, you've had so much success with writing these series. Would you want to be in, you know, television or media or doing writing? I mean, you're very mature and you've got a very good grasp on this that it seems like a lot of creators don't have, too, on, you know, the way to work things and the way to get cross-platforming. And what is the future look like for you, I guess? Um... Twitch would be cool. Twitch would be really, really cool if uh, if I could make something of that. Because that's always been my thing growing up. I've always loved video games. It's always been like a a real childhood dream. Like I used to play. I don't know if you ever played RuneScape, but there's a game called RuneScape, and I'd play that game in seventh grade, twelve to sixteen hours a day, man. And I would just watch Twitch streams and 
Twi- Twitch, if I could turn that into a career, that'd be awesome. I don't see myself going into like writing or the film industry. I don't, I don't see any of that happening. Um, my whole thing is like, I've never wanted to work for anybody. Like that's my mm-hmm. thing. I don't want to work for anybody. And I've done everything like in my whole life to try to not work for anybody. And, uh, yeah, I just wouldn't like that. I wouldn't like that. I wouldn't want to go work for somebody. I want to try to find a way to make a sustainable income for myself by myself or like or like uh, by myself, but also have a team around me so we could build it together, but not work for somebody else, if that makes any sense. So I couldn't see myself going down that route. But Twitch and just content creation in general, maybe moving over to YouTube um, would be awesome. But... Yeah, something like that in the future would be really cool. Content creator slash Twitch streamer would be, uh, that'd be pretty ideal. It's very cool because I, before quarantine, you know, I started to dive into Twitch a little bit. Not really because I'm not a huge gamer person as I touched on earlier, but kind of just to watch the dynamic of how it works. And then, you know, part of my take for Barstool has been doing a lot of stuff on Twitch. So I've kind of been watching over there. And then they actually had Nick Merckx on, who's a professional mm-hmm. gamer. So I started kind of reading about him and diving into how he does things. And it's very unique to me and very cool. And the aspect of it, too, that you've shown in your series. And it's very cool that I never realized... You know, Twitch could be a sustainable career for people. Like, Nick Merckx has done this. He's in his late 20s, and he's been doing this and having a ton of success doing it, and a lot of creators do that. And it's very cool that that's the way times have changed, that you can really chase what you love, and Twitch is giving you the opportunity to do that. And the fact that TikTok has allowed you to cross-platform and put that audience that you've built on TikTok having fun and creating fun content and then getting to do what you love on Twitch, it's just... It's incredibly impressive that you've done this and figured it out, and it's impressive that that's something that Twitch has figured out as well. Right. Twitch is Twitch is a cool app, man. Twitch has a lot of potential. Um, but the thing I always tell there's I mean, we, there's a million people who want to be streamers, you know what I mean? That is, like, quote-unquote, a dream job for the typical gamer. That is, that's like making it to, like, the MLB for a baseball player if you can make a consistent income on Twitch. But the thing I always tell them is, going back to what we were talking about earlier, you have to build an audience on another app and then you transfer them to Twitch. Because if you just go on Twitch and you try to stream 6, 12, 16 hours a day, it doesn't matter. That's not how Twitch works. You have to build an audience on another platform and then push them to Twitch in a creative way. And I think that's the hardest part for Twitch streamers to understand is it doesn't just start and end on Twitch. It starts on another platform. And then it ends on Twitch. I think, and I think that whole dynamic too, whether it be Twitch or even something that I'm starting to realize too, is because I'm trying to get into doing TikTok and getting that as a way to push people over to my podcast. And what I kind of dove in and did was try to make TikToks in relation to my podcast. And I think the better thing to do, like you just touched on and you did it with yourself before you even did your streaming thing is build a platform on TikTok and build an audience and then push people over. And I think that's a nice dynamic too that you've figured out. And it's very impressive that you figured that out. And the fact that you've also done all of this at, how old are you? I'm 21. 21. And you figured all this out and you're already on your way to pretty big success at a young age. So it's very impressive, I think. What are you, what are you planning on with, um, 
with your podcast on on TikTok because I see a lot of potential there. Like for real, like that is. I think you should enter. In my opinion, if I had to give you advice, I will. And I don't even know if you're asking for it, but I'm, I'm just going to spit out my advice. I would, if I were you, try to get a bunch of TikTok influencers, interview them, and then find a really creative way to put it on the TikTok app. I think you'd, they, that could that could blow up. Because the thing about TikTok is you, you don't know who... You follow these creators, but you don't really know them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't really... It's not like YouTube where you can see 12 to 14 to 16-minute vlogs of the person or hear them talking long format. That's what's missing in TikTok. You see them dancing. A lot of the times, you don't even, they don't even talk. You know what I mean? It's, it's like mine. Mm-hmm. I don't even talk in my videos. So you don't, you don't really know who this person is. You just kind of see the content that they make. And if you, the podcaster, can figure out a creative way to interview all these people who have an audience who want to hear them talk in long format and put it on TikTok, sky's the limit for you, dude. Sky's the limit for you if you could find a way to do that. Well, I appreciate your advice. You are one of the biggest people to take advice from and build a platform based on every all the success you've had. And that's a cool idea. I didn't think of it like that. My thought of how I was going to do it, and then we're going back to you because I hate talking about myself on it, but on the show, but my thought of it was build content that's unrelated to the podcast and then shift it over. But honestly, I never thought of it as being, you know, the guy who sits down with these TikTokers and gets your, like people like you's perspective, who you just said, don't talk and get the inside behind it because you are incredibly knowledgeable on all of this, which is very cool. So I'll have to look into that more and try to build my platform that way. Yeah, we could definitely talk about it off, off podcast for sure. I, I think you could do something there. I think you could definitely do something there. Awesome. So now getting back to you a little here, what does, if you had to look back, and I we've talked a lot about the journey to this point, but if you had to look back, I guess a year ago, since you're saying you started eight months ago, a year ago, what was the trajectory for your life before then, before any of this fame was built up or before you even had any clue really what TikTok was or what you wanted to do with Twitch? Yeah, I had no idea the trick. Like, I didn't, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I think that's when I, when I found out that TikTok had potential, I went so hard, man. I went, I put everything in it, bro. I was making five, I would do, I, one time I was making like three stories a day, like three different, I would make one episode for three different stories every single day, plus like one or two funny videos. And those stories, if you're making three of them, it takes about like five to six hours to think of the skit, create them. Like, think of the idea, write the script, then go film the video, edit the video, write the words on the video, and then pump it out for three of those stories a day. Take about four to five hours. And then still two other videos. So I was pumping out, like, five videos every single day, no days off for, like, six months. No days off. Didn't take one. And maybe in those six months I took two or three days off for real. Like I wasn't taking any days. I was in Hawaii for a whole month and I didn't stop posting. I was still making three stories a day in Hawaii. Like, and that was still taking me four to five hours a day. Like that, even Hawaii wasn't as important as the potential that I saw in TikTok because I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life outside of that. So I was just, my my thought process was this, this is just going to have to work. Like I'm going to put all... I'm just going to go hard. I'm going to give it all I have. And uh, but before before TikTok, I was doing landscaping. So my family runs this landscaping company, and I was doing it for like three years. And I love landscaping, man. It's I love it. 
but it's definitely not something I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So at that point, I was just kind of stuck. I didn't know what I wanted to do a year ago. I was doing landscape. Now I wanted more out of my life. I know that's not what I wanted to do, which I'm not saying if you do landscaping, it's not a good life. But I didn't, I didn't want just to be a landscaper for the rest of my life. I wanted to do more. So when the TikTok opportunity came around, I, I really went all in. I gave it all I had. And you have done incredible with it. Now, on the other side of things, we talked about the past. Now, looking forward in the future, if you had to give yourself just a goal with everything you really have as the world being your oyster, just one goal for your 10-year plan, what would that goal be? years so if i'm talking to myself when i'm 30 mm-hmm. i would if i had a goal for him it would be to find a way to make a sustainable consistent income as a content creator because i think it's the hardest i think it's if you're looking 10 years out in the future most content creators aren't going to make it 10 years it's just that's just not going to happen look back 10 years from, look back at 2010, how many creators are still relevant from 2010? Not many. Like, you can probably list a few, but there's probably thousands upon thousands upon thousands who were pretty popping in 2010, and 2020 comes around and they're off the face of the cliff of the earth. And it doesn't even, I don't even want to be, it doesn't matter that I'm relevant, but if I can make just a consistent income creating content that I love on the internet or through any platform, that'd be a goal that I would have for myself 10 years down the line. Figure out a way to still be able to make some income online doing what you love 10 years from now and don't have it just be a fad that dies out in a year, two years, three years. That is an interesting thing you just posed, and I I do think you're going to have success because you have something that a lot of the other creators don't is a plan and a plan of action on how you want to go about things. But it is something that you pose the, if you could think back to 2010, think of how many creators you can think of now. And as much as people rip on, you know, the Jakes and Logan Balls of the world, the way they've been able to actually sustain success is actually, is quite impressive. And King Batch and uh-huh. some of these Vine creators that when Vine went down, they pivoted quickly to YouTube and then to now TikTok and have been able to keep that. And it's quite impressive that they've been able to do that. And I do think that the way you have that planned and the way you have it in your head of not wanting to be a fad and have that sustainable income is something that I think that you'll have success. Whereas, you know, some other people, you know, some people like maybe a Charlie will have such a big platform, so she'll be okay. But you look at some of the smaller creators like a and not even small, incredibly large creators, but you look at some with thousands or in the low millions, whereas by then you're going to be huge, but some of them will be, you know, floundering on, well, how do we continue to grow if TikTok dies out? And if TikTok's just a fad, how do you move forward? And I think the fact that you kind of have that plan in your head of, uh, no matter what, trying to already prep on Twitch so that you have that other platform. And I think it's very impressive and speaks a lot to how you'll be able to reach that goal. Right. And that goes back also to what we were saying about how Almost every single big, quote-unquote, famous TikToker is just a normal person. Mm -hmm. Like, eight months ago, I guarantee a lot of these people were just literally like you and me, just walking around, not knowing that in eight months, 
nine months, whatever, however long they've been on the app, that they're going to have this huge community. So it's not something that you really plan for. And when you get a huge audience so quickly, it's really hard to pivot because you're already doing this TikTok thing. I'm sure it's taken up time. Now you got to pivot. You got to go to YouTube. You got to go to Instagram. You got to go to all these different things, and it's all happening so fast. And if you're just a normal person who really didn't, who really just kind of walked into all this like me, it's really hard to like grasp what's going on, and it's hard to think clearly about what you want to do as your next move, and also think about the future, like the long term future, five, ten years, like you said, because. Like a year ago, you know, almost every single big TikToker. If, in my opinion, if you if you have a million to four to five million followers, it's big. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm, I don't I don't know how to like express it, bro. Like, TikTok is just such an odd app. Like it, I know it's huge, but like it. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it, man. Like I don't feel like. I mean, I know I'm a. I know I'm an a quote-unquote influencer, but it just it just feels so odd, man. Like, I don't even know how to describe it, and I guarantee a bunch of other people in my same position, I feel the same exact way. So it's really hard to pivot and plan for the future when everything has happened so quickly and so unexpectedly. It's almost impossible to plan for it. And I think you just touched on there the oddness of TikTok too is that there's different sides of TikTok. There's, you know, they they make jokes about it that it's like the straight side of TikTok, the alt side, the bean talk or whatever the yeah. different the stupid little things they say, but there really is different groups of TikTok where, you know, some people may have not even seen one of your videos before and may just come across it on the for you page and then you have hundreds and thousands and million of people who know who you are and you know will know you because of TikTok and then know you on other platforms because of, oh, I watch this guy's videos on TikTok, but there may be some people because of how large the platform is that may not know you. And it kind of goes back to the, I guess, Charlie D'Amelio thing where you look at somebody like her, who's got such a massive following that, I mean, you throw her name out here right now. She was in Super Bowl commercials. She's been able to figure Uh out the other aspects of it. And I think that that's the different sides of TikTok. But I also think that the way you've been able to go about it with doing different things has made you continue to grow and I think you're growing into that level of above just the one aspect of TikTok and going into the bigger uh world of you know everybody kind of knowing who you are because of your videos right you don't even know how odd that is for me to hear bro (laughs) like it's so it's so it's really that's so odd it's just so freaking odd and the one thing I do want to touch on if there's any creators or just anybody trying to build an audience who is listening, it's the fact that I've seen, like, coming up, like, my my come up on TikTok, I've been able to see and I've, I've paid a ton of attention on other creators and how they choose to do things. And uh, I think the biggest mistake I see is people will make certain types of videos because they are chasing that clout. But they don't realize if you do gain certain followers, that dictates who your community is. And you can build up a toxic community of just toxic people, and they can turn on you as a creator. They can turn on you. So the, the biggest thing you want to focus on is being as honest, as humble, as down-to-earth, as vulnerable as you can with your community because it just builds nothing but love. And that's, like, I'll always have people who are like, 
they'll like look at my stuff and like my stuff's like very vulnerable like especially a lot of my older videos man they were like life lessons or lessons on or like just things i went through in my life and it's me like telling a story without even talking and like i'm sure a lot of people think it's cringy and it's weird and it's odd and of course they do but the thing people always say is you have like you don't have many haters like in your comments i'm like i know man because you, you have to do those things that I just said. You have to be vulnerable. You have to be humble. You have to be down to earth. And you have to be honest with your community. Because if you're not, then you're not. You, you, your community is very unpredictable. And that's why you will see some creators who have like a 50-50 love-hate rate of relationship in their comments. 50 people will love them. Or like 50% of the people will love them. 50% they'll get 50% hate. That's not good. Like I'd say mine is probably at like... 93% love, 94% love, 6% hate. And like, that is the most, that, that is the, the one thing I am, I am the most proud of is like being able to create this community of like other, like, like-minded loving people, bro, who are only, they're not there to hate. And you, and, you, and I, I know you see it and everybody sees it. There's creators who don't have that because they've went about it the wrong way or they'll bash other creators and that's how they the thing about that community that mm -hmm. community that, that you build is it's very volatile it's very unpredictable and they can turn on you at any second and that's not that's not the type of community you want to build no matter how many followers you have you want to build a big way and build a loving community who who won't hate and i think that's the way to go about it and I think you just touched on, and not to bash, um, my the first person that comes to mind for you is Max Dressler. He did the reaction TikToks and, you know, made fun of other TikTokers and built the community on a community of having people who hated. And honestly, it came back to bite him when he tried to transition over to doing more positive TikToks and doing, you know, goofy dances or doing different content and not realizing where his community was at. And it came back to hurt him. And then he kind of didn't know where to fit and then got all jumbled up. And the way you've went about it, I think, has been the opposite where you've built like you just said a very supportive community because of the way you've produced your content and you haven't gotten lost in that and i think that's part of the aspect of why you've continued to have success and not had that hate but uh and i think that's another big aspect of how you've continued to grow just on the outside looking in uh before right. we go on and can keep talking about tiktok i do want to ask you there's a layer of streaming and dreaming before i forget about it with the father not having full support in the son on gaming so my question to you is really how has the support been from your parents and really just your family as a whole and friends on your growth because the big thing with tiktok is eight months ago this wasn't happening so how has the support right. been for the carryover of your fame and everything um yeah so with my friends you know we don't it's it's all crazy to us you know what i mean but like when i'm with my friends uh i make sure i'm like i don't want to talk about it you know what i mean like i i don't want to talk about it just you know where it just it gets weird when you talk about it it's like i would rather just you know, let's just do whatever you know what i mean i don't want to focus on it too much and that's the thing that i love about my friends is when i'm with them bro we're not talking about it you know what i mean we're just chilling we're hanging out it doesn't even come up it's just like nothing's even it's like it, it, it hasn't even happened you know what i mean but every once in a while we will like talk like yes wow it's crazy i don't know how it's gotten here but you know just keep on going but that's the thing i love about my friends is 
we just act like <laughs> nothing's even going on, and that's what I love about them. Um, so with my family, I live with my mom and my stepdad. I got a brother, a sister, and two stepsisters. Um, with my sister, it's been crazy. Like, her whole school knows, like, who I am. Same with my brother. Um, and then same with my stepsister. <laughs> so that's all really crazy. Um, and then with uh, my or my stepdad and my mom, super supportive. Like, same thing, kind of just taken aback, like, kind of baffled by it all. Um, and then my dad, he lives in Florida. And my dad, I, I really don't keep him in the loop too much. Like, I have... I do have an interesting relationship with my dad, and it 100% shines through in my TikToks. Like, in most of my videos, the dad is, um, he's not the best character. He's kind of this shady kind of, um, you know, he, he's just not the best character, and it's mostly the dad who's always causing some things. So it's not that my dad's not supportive. He definitely wasn't when I was younger, and that's kind of where it ties into streaming and dreaming. I don't know if you were going to ask, directly but the dad and son relationship in that is similar to mine for sure when i was growing up not necessarily now like my dad kind of knows what i'm doing he thinks it's cool he still doesn't think it's like gonna get anywhere though so i guess that is kind of where it ties into streaming and dreaming um but especially when i was younger you know like i would tell my dad like i want to be a youtuber i want to be a streamer and uh he uh it, you know, it's just, no, like, you know, he, that's not, that's not going to happen is what he would always say. So the dynamic between those two characters is definitely based for a part on my, on my, uh, on my childhood for sure. But the rest of my family, you know, it's just crazy, you know, just baffled, I guess is like the, the word I'll use for it is everybody's a bit baffled and taken aback. <laughs> Now, one of my final questions for you, reflecting on all of this, is when it's all said and done, your content creating career, and you are ready to say, all right, I've had enough, I'm done and ready to retire from all of this, and you've built the sustainable income that you plan to make and do did all of what you wish to accomplish in all of this. When it's all said and done, though, what do you want your legacy to have been? I think I'd want my legacy to be... Building a positive and loving community, and and that's something that can go on past my content creation. You know that that's something that will, even though if I stop creating content, that that energy that I put out, that those life lessons that I've tried to try to tell through my stories, that 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 positivity and like that just sense of I don't even know, like a sense of I guess a sense of community that I've tried to build kind of lives on. But the life lessons is something I really put a lot of effort into in all my videos, and I've always tried to intermingle those with the stories that I tell. So I think it'd be really cool if once it's all said and done, like some of these kids who are younger now who are watching these videos take something from them and learn something from them may have not have known or or they, or they can feel a certain type of way if they're feeling lonely or, or left out, or and they can watch these stories and feel something from them, or just my content in the future. That would be the legacy that I would want to leave, is like just leaving a little mark on the up-and-coming community of like kids, I guess, because I do have a, a younger audience, and if I could make a little mark on them in, in a positive way, that'd, that'd be the legacy, man. That'd be... 
that's really where it all started. That's really why I started doing the stories. Like I figured, like, okay, I could tell my life lessons and the things that I've learned, the things that I've seen. Then it evolved into what it is now. But that's really what it started out as. And I've always had that core, that core like value structure in all my stories moving forward. Streaming and dreaming has probably some of the least amount in that. Like streaming and dreaming isn't too heavy on that. But there's been some series that are just solely based around that. Like and dreaming now has kind of turned into like almost not. It does have life life lessons, but it is mostly like entertainment in a sense and like showing the journey. But like, I'm telling you, if you go back like four or five months into my videos, man, I'm straight up verbal, bro. Just telling my life experiences or telling things that I've seen. So that'd be the legacy I'd want to leave, I guess, is uh, leaving a mark on on the future person that's coming up. Very cool. Now, I can't thank you enough for doing this. Before we close out, I want to give you the opportunity, if there's any advice you would like to give out or just a general message you'd like to leave off on, and then I'd also ask you to plug your social media, plug your TikTok so that anybody who doesn't know who you are and is not on TikTok, which is surprising because if you're on TikTok, you do know who this guy is, um, and just plug everything. And thank you again, man. It's been a absolute privilege to sit down with you and very cool to pick your brain on how you got to where you're at and your incredible rise. Dude, no problem. It was really cool doing this. Uh, if I had to leave, like, if anything were, were to come out of this podcast, I think it would be, especially for the creators, building a humble, like what we talked about, like make sure you're building the right type of community. I think that's huge. And then also, you're trying to become a streamer. Don't just try to stream on Twitch. You need to build an audience where siphon them over to Twitch. And uh, just any departing messages, man, I, we just, I think now more than ever, like we just need a positive, loving, happy mindset with everything going on in the world. And there's just so much negative shit that's going on, man, you know, and I think now everything's said and done. I'm hoping that just as a collective, as humanity, we kind of come out of this with more more love towards one, of un- one another, you know, I, I, that would be that'd be amazing, man, I, after everything that's been going on these last six months with Corona and, and just everything, man, if uh, we can just keep a sense of gratitude and love towards one another and just keep that moving and build a, just a, a happier community in general, man, out in the world. That's, you know, that'd be really cool. I guess that's my departing words right there. Those are the three things, but uh, my socials vision wise on vision wise across the board, except on Instagram Instagram, it's VisionWise with two E's. So you can find me on Instagram, VisionWise, two E's. Twitch, VisionWise, stream at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, TikTok, VisionWise, and uh, YouTube, VisionWise. But yeah, man, it was really cool sitting down with you and talking. This was fun. Ladies and gentlemen, he is titled VisionWise, and he has got his vision on success. It's been an honor to sit down with you, Nathan. Thanks again. All right, man. Peace. My thanks again to Nathan for coming on. It was a privilege to sit down with him and really fun, and I'm excited to see what he does in his future. Hopefully we can have him back on the show again and get to highlight more and more as his career continues to develop because he is on a absolute rocket to fame right now, and I'm excited to see what Nathan does in the future. And if you liked this episode and you'd like to listen to more, check out the other episodes wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts (laughs) and our instagram ambitious podcast twitter ambitious with dp youtube ambitious with dylan price have a wonderful week ambitious listeners